morning, everyone. Open up your Bibles to Psalm 122 this morning. Psalm 122. This Advent season, we are turning our attention to what it means to long for the coming of Christ. What does it mean to long for something? Now, to long means that you yearn for, that you desire. It's an anticipation for something that is missing in your life. The word Advent, as you may know, means coming. And as we read through the Old Testament, we see that the people of God had a longing, a desire, an anticipation for the coming of the Messiah. Because it was promised that He would bring to them redemption and peace. The promise of Messiah had been given and they were eagerly desiring and praying for the coming of the Messiah. And that is what we celebrate this Advent season. The coming of the Messiah. The birth of Jesus Christ. The fulfillment of all the promises of the Old Testament. And yet, in this season, we also look ahead For Christ the Messiah promised that He would come again to bring the full redemption promise. Because yes, we have tasted the redemption. We've received a down payment of the inheritance that we will have in Christ in His coming kingdom. But we do not have it in its fullness. In particular, this morning we are looking at peace. And what it means to long for peace. For yes, through faith in Christ, we have been joined to the Prince of Peace. And we can have peace of conscience with God because we know we have been forgiven our sins. And yet, I know that each and every one of you here has a longing for a greater and deeper and abiding peace. And so we turn our attention to the Word of God to hear the promise of the peace that will come at the advent of Christ. Hear now the word of the Lord, Psalm 1.22. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that they may be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Redeemer God, come as we seek to open our hearts, creating a welcome space for You to abide. We pray that You would awaken us, rescue us from that which distracts from knowing Your grace and love, and inspire our preparation and guide our worship that our Advent longing might lead us to Your throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we do pray. Amen. As Jesus approached the city of Jerusalem, the city of Shalom, the city of 
peace, the city where he would offer up his life. We read in Luke chapter 19 that he wept over this city. And he cried out, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. Would that the city of peace know the things that make for peace. You see, instead of embracing the coming of Jesus Christ, the city of peace rejected Him. And evil men conspired together that they might put Him to death. Even as He says a few verses down in Luke 19, For you did not know the time of your visitation. Though you long for peace, though you prayed for the coming of the Messiah, when the Messiah came to you, you did not recognize Him. You did not know Him. You did not know the things that made for peace. You see, they had placed their hope for peace in this kingly rule of the Messiah. They had prayed for the peace of Jerusalem in obedience to Psalm 122. But on the day of His coming, they did not know the things that made for peace. As we celebrate this Advent season, we must each ask ourselves, do I know the things that make for peace? Yes, I long for peace. Yes, I desire for greater peace. But do I know how to have those longings truly satisfied? Do we know where to find the water that will quench the thirst we have for peace? Now, as I look at my December calendar, it would seem that I don't know what makes for peace. How many parties are we going to April? How many worship services are we going to attend? How much money will we spend? How many lights? How many inflatables in the front yard? And when is that baby going to come? Oh my. Peace on earth? I'm not sure if that's going to be a part of the equation this Christmas season. And yet... The ironic thing is that peace is something that we all long to experience. We all have a desire to know the security, the fullness, the rest, the completion of peace. We desire to leave aside the anxiety and the anxiousness of this world and in the midst of the holiday season and the holiday frenzy to pause and to experience the grace of Christ born amongst us, to hear the promise that though we live in a world of conflict, that one has been born who will bring an end to our struggle and that peace will be enjoyed throughout all the earth. We all have a thirst for peace, but we seem to never quite be able to quench that thirst. We long for it, but we fill that longing with the wrong things over and over again. It's like we're dehydrated, but instead of drinking water, we keep reaching for those sugary caffeinated drinks that taste really good at the moment, but just leave us even more parched than we were before. We run after the things that we think will bring us peace, but after we have consumed them, we are filled with more and more anxiety. However, what we will see in Psalm 122 
is that this longing we have can be fulfilled. This longing for peace is truly a longing to know the presence of God. For when we thirst for peace, the only water that will do is the living water that we will find in the advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we come to our text this morning, we want to see how we might be prepared to receive peace this Advent. The first thing that we see in Psalm 122 is that our longing for peace must be fulfilled. We must seek after it in the proper place of peace. The place of peace. Look down at verses 1 and 2 of our text. There we read this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Throughout the year, the people of Israel would have been called to gather in the city of Jerusalem to celebrate the annual feast at the temple that was in Jerusalem. And so the psalmist here in Psalm 122 is recounting his joy in departing to go to the temple and then arriving in Jerusalem to worship in the presence of God. He truly loves this place. He loves Zion. He loves Jerusalem. He loves the temple. This longing, this joy connected to a place, though, tends to confuse us. Right? Why does the psalmist have to wait to meet with God at the temple? Why is he so happy and joyful to make this pilgrimage? Isn't God everywhere? Why not just worship God where you are? Is God so tied to Jerusalem that he cannot be met elsewhere? Does place really matter when it comes to peace with God? Well, we see in our text and throughout God's word, is that in fact place does matter when it comes to the dwelling of God's presence. For a time, the presence of the Lord was specifically and specially manifested in the tabernacle, that tent that the Lord ordained the people of Israel to build, that they would take with them as they wandered through the wilderness. And even when they came into Canaan for several generations, the special presence of the Lord was found at the tabernacle. And then when Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem, we read that God's presence was manifested there. And that for the people to meet with God in this special way, they were to go to Jerusalem. And now, today, we see that it is in the gathering of the body of Christ, the church, the new temple of God, that His presence dwells. And one day, His presence will be among men in the new Jerusalem, the heavenly city that is to come. And yet, this idea still seems to be foreign to us. We have so divorced the holy from particular locations to the point that we have lost the truth that God's glory is manifested in particular places that there is holy ground. Not that there are rocks, or wood, or geographic coordinates, or nations that have a special claim on God's presence. But rather that God in His providence 
has chosen places for His people to gather. And as they gather in the name of Christ, His glory is manifested among them. His healing and His saving presence is felt in a special way when His people gather together in His name. Not that these pews and these walls are holy in and of themselves, but... They are holy because these pews that you sit in this moment and this sanctuary that we are in is the place that we gather in the name of Christ to worship. That we gather to hear His Word proclaimed. That we receive the sacraments and that we meet with Christ. And as this place has been set aside for the worship of God by the people of God, this place is holy. And we should long to come here. We should long for this place, for these walls, for this pulpit, for this communion table, for this organ. We should long to gather in this place because this is where we come to meet with the Lord. Not because there is anything necessarily special about this location besides the Lord has called this group of believers to gather here to worship Him. Are you longing for peace this Advent season? Then you must seek peace in the proper place. And it is definitely not going to be found at Walmart or at Target. You think if you get your Christmas shopping done, ah, peace will be found. And you're not going to get peace by isolating yourself from crowds, going out into the woods to meet with the Lord, say, oh, that's where I truly worship. That's where my true peace is found, away from people. It's not even going to be found by hanging out on the couch with a snack to binge watch all your favorite Christmas movies. These are not the places of peace in this world. For the only place of true peace is within the worshiping body of Christ. In the Old Testament, it was located in the tabernacle and in the temple. But now at the coming of Christ and the giving of His Spirit, there are places of peace scattered throughout the whole world. Wherever God's people gather in the name of Christ, there is the place that you are called to seek peace. Peace. And this is why the psalmist was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. If you would have peace, then you must come to the place where Christ has promised that His presence will be. Even where His church is gathered in His name. So to experience peace, you must come to the place of peace, the church of Jesus Christ. Second, we see in our text that if you would know peace this Advent season, you must have a longing for the blessings of peace. What are we longing for when we desire peace? You see, sometimes it's hard to put your finger on what it is that you are actually longing after. You know that you are lacking something, but you're not quite sure what it is. You realize that something is off, that there's an anxiousness about your spirit, that there's something in this world that isn't quite right. You know that that there is something that is going on within you that makes it so that even though you've been told that you have peace in Christ, you still feel anxious and fearful. 
It's like when you go to the fridge in the evening and you look in and you think, you know, despite all the food in there, there really isn't anything to eat. Or you go to the pantry and the same thing happens. Nothing. There's all this food and there's nothing that's going to satisfy me. You know you want something, but you don't know what it is. And maybe this is why we run after so many wrong answers to our need for peace. We don't really know what it is that we are seeking after. Thankfully, our psalm for us lays out for us the true blessings of peace. What it is that we truly need in our hearts to know the peace of the coming of Christ. Look down at verses 3 through 5. There we'll see four different blessings of peace laid out for us. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. First, we see that the place of God's peace is the place of security. Security. The city, it says, is bound firmly together. Now, we tend to think of cities as places of crime or violence, but in the ancient Near East, life outside of a city was a life open to attack from any number of enemies. But Jerusalem was a citadel. It was a fortress. The walls were thick. The fortifications were strong. And the blessing of coming into the city of peace was security from outside forces. Second, we see that the place of God's peace is a place of unity. The various tribes of Israel were called to come together into this one city. There are many reasons for strife among the tribes, but they were united in the worship of the one true God, and in the city of peace, enemies became brothers once again. Third, we see that the place of God's peace is the place of worship. It was in the temple at Jerusalem that worship was offered, that sacrifices were made. It was here that sin was atoned for and forgiveness was proclaimed. And those at enmity with God were cleansed and brought back into divine fellowship and acceptance. And fourth, we see that the place of God's peace is a place of justice. Here is where the king, even the son of David, would make rulings for the people of Israel. Throughout the season, the lower courts would send appeals up to the highest court of the land. And when the people gathered together in Jerusalem, the king's judgment would be heard. This is the place of peace because this is the place that justice would be given. So then, what are we longing for when we long for peace? What will quench this thirst that we have? Well, these blessings. We are longing for security. We are longing for unity. We are longing for true worship. And we are longing for justice in this world. This is what we are longing for. The blessings of God's presence with us in the person of Christ. For Christ alone is our shield and defender. If you would know security, you must know security in Christ. 
Christ alone is our bond of union, and through His flesh, He has brought peace to His people, breaking down the wall that is dividing us, the wall of hostility, and making one new man when there was disunity. It is in Christ alone that we can worship God. For it is through His sacrifice alone that we can enter into the presence of God to be cleansed from our sin. And it is in Christ alone that true justice will be rendered throughout the earth. What are you longing for? What is the restlessness of your soul? What is the anxiety of the season? Ultimately, it isn't all the outward distractions that we might blame. It is our need for Christ. It is our need to find a cover for sin. It is our need to be reconciled with God and with our neighbor. It is our need to be found not guilty before the throne of God because of the sacrifice of Christ. When we long for peace, when you feel that uneasiness in your soul, don't go after all of the false hopes of this world. Seek after Christ. And He will be your true peace in this season. So then how do we respond? How do we take hold of this peace? How do we pursue what makes for peace and prepare for the visitation, prepare for the advent of Christ? Well, the psalm says in verses 6-9, through Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. How are we to strive for the blessings of peace this season? For security and unity, true worship and justice? We are to seek it through prayer. Prayer for peace and the place of peace. Prayer for the church. The psalm has just recounted the blessings of peace that come to those who are in Jerusalem. But now it says that if we would actually experience those blessings, we must pray for those blessings to come about. Now as the church is the new covenant place of God's dwelling, we understand that this command teaches us to pray for the peace of the church. While it might be a good and right thing for us to pray for the modern day city of Jerusalem... That is not the proper application of this verse. Because of the work of Jesus Christ and the gift of the Spirit, the dwelling place of God is no longer particularly in the city of Jerusalem. Rather, it is in the gathering of Christ's body here on earth. And so if you want peace this season, pray for the peace of the church. And pray for the peace of this church. Pray for Rivermont. Pray that all who come here would know the security of salvation that comes to those who are in Christ. Pray for unity amongst our body that we would not be torn asunder by rivalry or vain disputes. Pray for our worship that it might be in spirit and in truth. Pray that justice would be found in this place and that the elders and pastors would rule well as under-shepherds who are called to feed the flock of God. And pray for the broader church. 
Pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ across the city and across the state and nation. Pray for the church in America that has been so divided that we would find unity. Pray for the mainline denominations that they would rediscover the beauty of holiness and the truth of the gospel. Pray for the persecuted church throughout the world, for believers in China and North Korea, in Iran and in Turkey. Pray for their protection. Pray for their faithfulness and growth in the midst of their hardship and struggle. And if you would have peace this season, I encourage you, pray with your church. We need your participation in our times of prayer. I encourage you to gather with the people of the Lord as we come together. In particular, even tonight from 4 to 5 o'clock, we will gather together. And in response to Psalm 122, we will pray for the peace of the church. Now you might say to me, you know, I don't really feel much peace in the church. It's kind of a struggle for me to come. It's hard for me to get here. I feel uncomfortable with all these people. The liturgy seems a little bit clunky to me. I don't know how to get through it. I'm looking around and I'm seeing people that I'm not sure if they really know the Lord or not. I think that they're hypocrites. I think that, you know, I have some strife with them and I'm uncomfortable gathering together here in this place and worshiping. I don't know if I can truly have peace within the church. You know, my baby cries, so I can't come to church. I don't feel comfortable. My kids squirm in the pews. My teenagers don't want to get out of bed. I don't really feel like coming to church is very peaceful for me. I'm too tired. I'm too distracted. I feel guilty. I feel bored. I feel anxious. So what are we to do? When we don't feel like the church is where we'll receive peace. Well, quite honestly, we are called... To pray. Pray that the Lord would change your heart. Pray that this would be a place of peace. Pray that as we enter into this sanctuary, that the Spirit of God would give peace to His people in abundance and that you would truly taste and see the goodness of the Lord. It seems a strange irony of history that a city named the City of Peace, Jerusalem, would be the location of so much violence and strife throughout the years. Wars, sieges, destruction, and exile seem to be more closely associated with the reality of the city than anything else. And for many of us, as we look back on the history of the church and even look to the church today, you might say, you know, it seems like the church is more about judgment and politics, vain disputes, backbiting, gossip, and splits. Surely peace is to be found somewhere else outside of these walls. Well, again, we do need your prayers. But the truth is that strife will continue even in the place of peace, even in Jerusalem, even in the new Jerusalem, the church, until Christ's return. For the ultimate fulfillment will not be felt until we come to the heavenly city as we read in Revelation of what Christ's second advent will bring. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was more, no more. And I saw the holy city, 
new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be His people and God Himself will be with them as their God and He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. How are we to long for peace this Advent season? First, we are to come to the place of peace, the church. It is a foretaste of what is to come. It's not perfect, but it is where Christ promises to meet us. And second, we are to pray for the peace of the new Jerusalem. The place where we will dwell in the presence of God through Jesus Christ for all eternity. The place where we will drink and be fully and finally satisfied at the coming of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Father, your word commands us that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And so we pray, O oh God, that you would bring peace to your people, that your dwelling would be mighty among us, and that we would know this Advent season the peace of Christ. It's in his name that we do pray. Amen.